Good evening and welcome to Thunderdome Metal Reviews. My name is Gabe Cooper. I'm here with Ben, David, and Tracy. We are here tonight to enter a whole new imaginary geography for black metal, the hill country. If that wasn't what you were expecting, that's great. And we're glad you're along for the ride. How y'all doing tonight? I'm ready to go to old Rocky Top. I feel like I'm at home. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Um, this sounds very much like a combination of one genre of music I like a whole lot that we never talk about, and another one that I like okay that we talk about quite a bit. So, Very nice. Do we have some details on this album? We certainly do. This is Crestfallen Dusk by Crestfallen Dusk. Um, it was the debut album by this band, which is, I guess you could say it's a band, even though it is primarily a one-person project. It was released on July 22nd of 2022. Independently, guitars, vocals, bass, and keys by Ryan Klackner. Lyrics by Zach Omerod and Ryan Klackner. Drums by Sean Myers. And it was produced, as I already said, I think, by Ryan Flatter, for the shop of no one. Um, the runtime on this is 44 minutes and 38 seconds. So, yeah. And what brought this to your attention, Gabe? So I heard about this record last year, and I listened to it, and it ended up on my list of honorable mentions. And I wanted to make sure everyone got a chance to have a close listen because I thought it was really interesting and I found it to be a whole ass vibe. Um, and as Tracy was saying just before we got on, um, it hits some of that, uh, the same, it scratches some of the same itch as maybe Zeal and Ardor did for some people when we reviewed that record. Um, it is a combination of black metal and another genre that is clearly American um, and nothing but. Um, so, uh, which is really interesting, uh, particularly because it doesn't suck. <laughs> At least that's what I thought. Um, I would agree that as somebody uh, probably of the four of us, um, at least uh, you know, speaking for Tracy and David, I can say that I'm the biggest fan of country slash bluegrass. I could fair to say. And so I really liked the combination, the two factors. Um, this is kind of like, it's sitting in that folk metal, black metal that has been created, but this is strictly almost an Appalachian yeah. um, construction of it. Um, yeah, I think it's less, it's it's grittier than Panopticon. Yeah, I would say so, definitely. I would I like Panopticon too. He's also from Appalachia as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this guy actually is or not, but this that's just what it evoked in me. And, and it kind of reminds me a little bit of something that would work really well as a soundtrack. There's a uh, very popular storytelling horror podcast called Old Gods of Appalachia, which I think this would make a, a great soundtrack for. Yeah, so we've this... got at least one person who's, you know, somewhat in the bag for this kind of thing. Well, I've enjoyed this, and like I've enjoyed Panopticon, and with a couple albums I heard by him, and they have very like similar styles. I think Panopticon's like a little more on the polished side, especially on the bluegrass, 
crunchier aspect of it, but I don't think it's as polished on the black metal aspect of it. Like I think that one plays more in the he plays more in the trash can in that aspect. So it's a very interesting coming in here in this one. And I think I don't think there's as much crossover for Phenopticon. Like it doesn't blend as much. And so it was very interesting here in this where it's very blended like Zero and Order was, which coming up that our being our podcast album of the year it's a very interesting kind of hearing this behind it because this one is missing some of that um is afrocentrism kind of or african-american like our african experience that that has to it compared to like this one which is much more feels like a eastern kentucky west virginia kind of style content i guess you could say and before anybody else jumps in, there was something you said about the black metal. And I agree that the black metal is not as polished as like an actual, like some of the actual black metal we do on here. But I think part of that is by design because there's an atonal quality to a lot of the black metal elements on here that I think is trying to make this sound like it's in an otherworldly space. Um, and a lot of times the black metal is about um, setting the mood or, you know, atmosphere. We use that term a lot. And that's what I thought here. So I thought that was a conscious decision. It might not have been. That's oh. just how I read it. Well, I was trying to say, like, no, I think, like, in terms of like Panopticon, I think Panopticon actually is less produced than this one is in Black Metal stuff. Because this one, it like, his vocals sound distinctively better than what you get on a lot of Black Metal. And I think his guitars do have that purposeful atonal sound. Like, you brought up that, like, it kind of, like, it almost reminds me like you could hear this like on a radio in like an old saloon. Like if you walked into a bar in Appalachia, like you could hear chunks of the soundtrack playing and wouldn't be surprised by it. Or chunks of this album. If the yeah. were all black metal. That's super interesting too. Like this idea that um, you do get a sense of this like atonal or off kilter, but it's also just blues. Like some of it is just straight ahead, like pentatonic scale stuff, um, which is really interesting. You wonder whether it's the tone that accomplishes that or whether it's like the composition or like, you know, some combination of that and like the weird, like the production where it sounds like it's coming out of an old saloon, like, you know, speaker or something like that. Well, uh, part of that and looking on their band camp, uh, this was recorded on a 1958 Fender Music Master to a 2000 Fender Reverb Deluxe. So he chose equipment to purposely evoke that sound. Nice. David, what do you think? I was not a fan of bluegrass until I moved here and listened to local bands like Bon and the Mash. So I've come to appreciate it a lot more than my jaded semi-urban East Coast self would have thought possible years ago um and now we've listened to so many vibey atmospheric things like perkta or we've been we've been on a journey to the twisted metal filled backwoods of all kinds of places so um the more i listened to it the more uh i was into it i'm not gonna lie my own first spin i was like i don't know gabe especially coming off of florida shore <laughs> like it was, it was really <laughs> Right, that run. I was like, I don't know you guys, but um, it is um, the atmosphere it creates is, I think, quite cool. And I am a big fan of experimentation. So bring, bring on death grass or whatever this is, black grass.
Heck yeah. I, I know a Thrashgrass album. I might have to add to the pile. Mm-hmm. Is it Hazy Dixie? No. My God. Well, let's it's do that really one as well, then. <laughs> it is a thing. I don't know. Ben's got that look. I got stories to tell. <laughs> the horror. But now, like, and I agree with David. Like, this album definitely drew on me. And it was that it, the first time I heard it, especially come up on a short, because I feel like we asked a bit for this week of just kind of like, hey, let's let's see how much we can change. Like, what would you normally listen to? Never. What do you normally never listen to? Okay, we're going to do that a couple times this week. And it just kind of really, I think, challenged everyone. But this one, I think it did grow me like from the first to the second and the third later on listen for repetitive listens as I listened to it. Like more of it kind of stuck with me and then I kind of found much more like, okay, I see what's going here. And like, as I listened to like the first one, I was like, I don't know if I like it. And I was like, but I should uh-huh. like it though. Cause this is like scratches like three inches of mine all at once. And I don't know. But yeah. Yeah, I know you like folk metal a lot more than the rest of us, I think, as a rule. Nearly all kinds of metal. Indeed. But I think it may not necessarily be appealing to someone. If someone hasn't heard this before, it may not be appealing necessarily to them if they're just sort of like going in it for the folk metal, because like folk metal isn't automatically atmospheric like this. And I think that... um, that is really what they're doing here. They're building this layered atmosphere and drawing people in by this, by means of this hypnotic repetition, which instead of like coming by it through like black metal channels, they go back to the blues. And it's like this specific variety of blues, which is, you know, heavy on the rhythm and doesn't vary up the riffs a whole lot. And um, it really plays nicely with, the atmospherics of a number of subgenres, right? Agreed. Quite a. Um, I think this is, you know, not to evoke the the podcast thing again, but like this is something that is so atmospheric that if you watch horror movies like Cabin in the Woods or something set in a swamp, um, that you would like the the atmospheric vibe that it's setting. And to Tracy's point, it does kind of have that quality to it that you could kind of imagine walking into a to some haunted Appalachian or just backwoods speakeasy bar and hearing stuff like this. Um, and I'm I'm quite into it, quite honestly. <laughs> uh, well, the the horror film that comes to mind when I heard this was Jeepers Creepers. Is what came to mind on this one, and I was just like, okay, but yeah, this one is definitely a whole ass vibe in itself. It's a very different vibe too, from like Zeal and Ardor. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's also like gets to that creepy place, uh, but it's definitely it's a different creepy place. I would say. There's a guy down in Nashville who calls himself um, Soviet Sitka, I believe, and he has a genre of music that he's he's doing that is very much in the vein of this that he calls nightmare jazz, and um, which you can find that on TikTok if you're interested. Um, it's not exactly the same, but it's it's pretty close. And like the Bridge City Centers are doing stuff that is similar to this. Well, there's there's quite a few musical acts that, while not as metal as this, uh, evoke a very similar vibe. So, 
Anything else before we speak on tracks? Uh, no. Should I go first? Go. Yep. Get your glasses ready, all of them. Cheers. Keep I'll them ready. Guess I really no, like. Uh, uh, I'll go ahead, Gabe. I really like one, one to three, especially. Yeah. Keep them ready because I like them all too. I'll just go and say same here. Just you like one, you like them all. Yeah, it would be difficult to excise a single track. I would say the whole thing. Yeah. I would say the, I would say the same. Yeah. It doesn't hurt that it's only forty-four minutes long or so. Yeah. It's in that kind of an album. I just have to have that track three, and that's it. Well, I mean, right. I would I would say that like, um, the blackness come creeping in, is an earworm, like that, like the sort of yeah, it's pretty catchy. The re repeating melody is just like really super catchy, um, but I think that's also just like part of the blues structure too. Is you know you have the same thing coming back around. Um, and back around. Well, and you know, the blues is a genre that kind of lends itself, considering where it came from, it was birthed as a genre to to this type of uh, pain and and horror, and evoking that in a way that can kind of slip under, you know, the casual listener. So grades. Mr. Gabe. Gabe. So I think this is a, a smart record. It's well played and it's entertaining. Uh, will I listen to it every day? No. But uh, will it thrill me like 99% of the time whenever I listen to it? Probably. Um, I'm going to give this an A minus. It's terrifying. <laughs> it is definitely terrifying. Um, it grew on me. I'm going to come down a little bit just because it really isn't my genre, but uh, I think it's worthy of a B. That's where I'm going to put it. I'm going to come in right between you guys. Um, I honestly, if it were, have one or two more tracks, I could probably get it to the A minus territory. Um, imagine that, me wishing that something was longer. Um, I'm going to give this a B. Plus. I'm right there with Ben. I'm going to give this a B. Plus as well. I just I think it takes that sweet spot, and I think it's very well done overall. So that gives us an eighty-eight average. Uh, looks like we'd all buy it. I did. <laughs> we got the. You didn't get nice. the cassette tape. That was, well, I got the CD. I didn't get. The, <laughs> didn't get the wax cylinder. <laughs> nah, my wax cylinder machine is broken. <laughs> the 78s are still in production. That's right. <laughs> did you already have that or did you buy it after you heard it? When Gabe first told us about this, like, I don't remember when it was. Last year. Back sometime last year. Um, yeah. I listened to it and I bought it then. 40,000 40, copies in a warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> he just handed them out and just like, Check this out, guys. Check it check out. out. Check it out, guys. Um, so I'm checking shit out, Tracy. What are we checking out after this? Next? next, we are moving into our picks for January. And Ben has chosen Obituary's newest album, Dying of Everything. 
Oh, Jesus. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, it was bound to happen sooner or later. I mean, that's yeah. how I feel every day. So, Indeed. Well, Nails it. Tune in next time for the obituariness here on Thunderdome Metal Reviews. Goodbye, family.